I found a letter that he wrote to his mother in during the Second World War. And it said about that his father had taken him to Stag Meadow in 1930. And he also spoke about one or two of the very early matches that we went to. I remember um, him mentioning a game at Woken at Finchhampstead Road. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. And this week's show is something a bit different as I speak to two supporters, father and son, Dave and Paul Smithson. We discuss all their years watching football at Stag Meadow, their favourite moments of seeing players in the red and green, and they both reveal their favourite all-time Windsor and 1811s. I hope you enjoy the episode. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? All right, Gabe. Yeah, all good. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Good. So listen, so it's a same, this is a bit different this week as you guys are going to be the very first supporters on the podcast. And not only the first supporters, you're also the first father and son that we've had <laughs> on the podcast. Feel very honoured. <laughs> you should do. You should do. Now, listen, a good place to start, I think, would be when you both first started watching Windsor and Eton. So, Dave, can you remember when you first started watching uh, Windsor? I can, because I looked it up. Um, <laughs> the first match I saw was on April the 29th, 1961. I love it. Which was against Bishop Stortford at Stag Meadow. My dad took me when I was nine years old. I've recently discovered that his father took him in 1930 to Stag Meadow when yeah. he was, when my dad was nine years old. And then, of course, Paul's going, and hopefully I'm going to take one of my grandsons this season. So that'll be five generations from 1930. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I was going to ask you, like, you know, what got you into Windsor? So, dad, what, really? What's through your father? Yeah, through my dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was press officer in the 70s? 60s. Oh, 60s. Yeah, he was press officer, and I think he was treasurer for a while in the 60s. Tell us a bit about your dad. So, obviously, you say he's press officer, but obviously, you say, going since the 30s. Yeah, tell yeah, us he, I don't know much about his actual history of going to watch games at Windsor. I found a letter that he wrote to his mother in during the Second World War. Yeah. And it said about that his father had taken him to Stag Meadow in 1930. And he also spoke about one or two of the very early matches that we went to. I remember um, him mentioning a game at Woken at Finchhampstead Road. And uh, although we, all, we we lived in Slough at the time when he first took me, but there was never any chance of going to Slough. <laughs> it was always going to be Windsor. It had been Windsor, I say, through four generations now and hopefully five this year. Love it, love it. And Paul, same question to you. Can you remember your very first game? So my first game was in 1980. Um, 1980? It was Banstead. Yeah. Banstead. Um, in the, I think it was the AC Delco Cup. I've got a feeling it was. Um, but I remember, the, the only thing I remember about the game was that I 
the chicken run at the time didn't have the terrace in that it had now. It's kind of that gravelly stuff, and I fell over and cut my knee open. That's about all I can remember <laughs> about the game. It was um, a, it was only five. Yeah, I was five. So that that was my first game. But I, yeah, I didn't really do my first full season until ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I went fair. on and off before then, but I went to every game that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they always did, you know, Stag Meadow's always been good for health and safety, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially the potholes. <laughs> uh, I remember an older supporter called Brian, and there was the floodlights on the other side, and they used to have the grass banks, and yeah. he slipped down, hit his head on the floodlights, and he was concussed for about half a game, didn't he? Yeah. Unbelievable. He recovered well, though. I was going to say, and depending on the game, it might have been, yeah, it might have been advantageous. <laughs> well, to that, be, yeah. Yeah. that was when we had a lot of very old supporters. Now there's only just me. <laughs> <laughs> Young at heart, Dave. I'm Young Brian Wilde. <laughs> Young at heart. Yeah. Now, listen, Dave, you said that, like, obviously you started watching in the 60s. Yeah. What were some of your memories from that period? Um, Winning the Bucks and Bucks Senior Cup in 61-62. Yeah. What do you remember from that game? Uh, it was the first time I'd been to a football league ground. It was at Reading at the Old Elm Park. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the gate was. It was in excess of 2,000. This was when Wickham were near the top of the Isthmian League. And we beat them 2-0. And Chris Bristow got both the goals. And... We went absolutely mad, <laughs> jumping up and down. As you had to be, in, we were in seats on that day. I think they shut a lot of the ground because obviously it got a yeah. much bigger capacity than than two thousand. And I think it was just seating only. But I was bouncing up and down anyway. You mentioned Chris Bristow there. Like, yeah. talk through what he was like as a player and some of those other players from that period. Because we had uh, Chris Bristow there. was a fantastic player, yeah. uh, left winger, orthodox left winger. Uh, regularly scored goals direct from corners, at least yeah. two or three a season. And he was just a special player. There was uh, John Milbank, I remember, centre-half. Yeah. Tony Conniff, who yeah. scored seven goals against Henley in a, in a, I think, an amateur cup game. And we won 17-0. That's the most I've ever seen a Windsor player score in one game. Seven, wow. Seven goals in that game. Uh, who else was there? Jerry O'Rourke, who I think went on to play professionally. Yep, yep. Colin Newbold, Eddie Badcock, Roy White, the keeper. I think Mickey Goss played around about that time, maybe a little bit later as well. Yeah, some very good players. And how, and how like that squad, I mean, just how good was that squad when you compare it? Because everyone talks about the squad of and we'll probably come on to it later, but the squad of the early 80s, how good was that squad in the 60s? It's difficult to judge because of my age at the time, I was only nine or ten. Yeah. But point. they had some very good players. I don't I don't think it would be... It's, you can't judge the 60s and the late 80s and 90s, really, can you? It's a different game. They, I mean, played 2-3-5 for a start. Yeah, Never yeah. heard of 4-3-3 then. Or yeah. But... Um, it was a good side. It was a nice, good side to watch. You mentioned formation there, but like when you when you look back, because obviously you're young at heart, but yeah. your, your time watching wins has spanned from the sixties all the way yeah. through to we went defunct in 
2011. Yeah. How non-league watching non-league football changed during that period? Um, unfortunately, less supporters in grounds. Yeah. Because um, there's there's so many other things to do these days. I mean, I remember we played Walthamstow Avenue, I think, in 65, 66, and have over 2,000 at Stagmeadow. You regularly get three or 400. Um, and hopefully we'll start that again next season. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers. And, of course, the grounds, the ground itself hasn't really changed a lot. The pitch is much better. The pitch was dreadful in the 60s. And it was like walking in a mud bath, really. But, uh, yeah, vastly improved now. And what was your favourite period watching Windsor? When you look back, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s? Um, I would say the 80s and early 90s. And why was that? Most most of the, the players in my 11 are from that period. Because so just, they just played some really good football. We had some really good players, particularly under Alf Coulton. Yeah, yeah. He was a, an absolute quality coach. Yeah. Until and they I'm, sacked him for some reason. <laughs> yeah, ind- yeah, indeed. Never quite understood that. Indeed. And obviously during that 80s, we had all those FA Cup runs. And I suppose throughout the period you've been watching, number of promotions and stuff. What, what would be your standout favourite memory? Well, in the 80s or overall? No, all over, all over. Overall would have to be the 62 Cup final. Yeah, that what you mentioned yeah. earlier, just that because, stands out. Because, yeah, because it was, uh, we weren't expected to win the game at all. We had yeah. we were given no chance and um, could have been more than 2-0. And it was exciting because it was a big crowd. I'd not been in a big crowd like that before. And also your first one, right, as well. They always say that yeah. yeah. is always a special First one. final in first win, yeah. What about you, Paul? When you look back at eighties, nineties, two thousands, your your era, yeah, you know, I'm finding it quite difficult. There's some the promotion with Dennis was probably forefront in my mind. That was pretty amazing, and we had a big crowd that day. Was that BT? BT was under uh, Keith. Oh, sorry. So BT then. Sorry, so it was Keith then, and. Um, yeah, I mean, just remember that night was just mental. I mean, I think I've never seen Ian Dawson run so fast onto a pitch once the game had finished in my life. He was like a rocket, but everybody was buzzing. It was the, the atmosphere that night was crackling anyway. But yeah, I, I think that night was just a fantastic night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about your favourite era? Because as you say, you watched your first game in 80. Yeah. But started going regularly early nineties. What been? Yeah, your I would say the nineties for me were my my favourite. Definitely, um, I really I started going regularly all the time. Um, just part, I, I, you know, I loved the ground. I, I loved the players, the the camaraderie at the time. Um, you know, my mates behind the goal will always be a big part of my life. I think they're they're massive. You know. We've known each other so long now, it's just mad. And that, that for me, in the 90s, we had a, a good group, big group of people. It's kind of dwindled down these days, but hopefully that will change. But 
But yeah, it was, I think it's, it was just such a welcoming place at the time, and everybody got on so well, and it was very exciting. And I just think, yeah, it was it was brilliant in the nineties. What about some of the lowlights? Like we always talk about highlights, um, and excluding obviously when we went bankrupt is clearly going to be. <laughs> but that aside, what were some of the low points? I think um, getting relegated three seasons in a row was pretty harsh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although we did get to go to a lot of new grounds and and then got to find players like Glenn Russell and people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> from those relegations, he was the main player that stood out for me in that time. But, yeah, I would say that was the the lowest point, I think. Yeah. What about for you, Dave? Same? Third third relegation, I think, was the worst because it was in our own hands at Leatherhead. Leatherhead away, wasn't I it? I think it was Leatherhead, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, we had very poor side in the early 70s. Um, that was hard to watch, but mm. it soon improved. There hadn't really been a lot of low, low yeah, points, yeah. I don't think. No. Just well, nice to go to Stag Meadow. It's just one of the best places to go. Mm. Yeah, I know, 100%. 100%. Um, and talk about the 70s. Like, is well, I, you've obviously spoken a lot about the 60s there. I've interviewed Mickey Hill. He spoke a lot about the, six, the 60s. Yeah. A lot of the boys from the 80s and late 70s I've spoken to. But what were some, yeah. like you were saying there, there were some low points in the early 70s. Like I, I didn't see... What went wrong with a club in the 70s? I don't really know. Because um, I, I only saw very few games in the early 70s because I was working on Saturdays. And, of course, we, we didn't have lights. So you couldn't yeah, watch yeah, any yeah. games. Um, yeah. But and they also changed the colour of the kit it to did. purple and it's yellow colours, which yeah, is yeah. which is uh, you know you can't have wearing the purple and yellow. It's just <laughs> it's just not done, you know. <laughs> so, but no, it, it was um, disappointing. The crowds were very low. The games that I did see, and the pitch again was still terrible. So it was hard to play good football on it anyway. So that that I think was the low point for me. Plus, I didn't see many matches, which was disappointing as well. <laughs> that all could have been positive, to be fair. Well, it could, have, could have been, yes. Yes, yeah. Could have been positive. Um, you both mentioned there about, Paul, you mentioned about how, you know, you've met loads of your mates down there and how special that is. And Dave, you mentioned how special Stag Meadow. Like, talk more about, yeah, what made, what made, what made the old Windsor and Eaton such a special club? I think camaraderie with with the support with your own supporters and with the players and even with the officials to a certain extent. Um, yeah, everybody used to talk to you. You could talk to the players and they'd come and chat to you. They thank you for coming to the game, um, and it was really good. And just Stagmall is just a really great place to be. I just I mean, love it's a lovely there. ground. I love the ground. Yeah. I love how it is. Um, I just, you know, meeting up with people beforehand, catching up on the latest gossip, you know, if if you get a juicy tidbit out of an official or whatever, you know, <laughs> you, you you would try and get it. Um, um, but, but, you know, back then, everybody just got on. Everybody was, you know, there was ups and downs. Uh, there always will be within clubs. But, but I think the relationship with the players was very strong. And the relationships behind the goal have always been very strong. You know, we've always been good mates. We've socialised outside of football. You know, we meet before the games, then come up to the game and whatever. 
um, for me, that, that's a big part of it. I think a lot of it, I mean, you obviously go and watch the football and you want to win, but I think a lot of it is the social element of who you're meeting and, you know, if you're having a good laugh or not and, and the banter and everything else. Yeah. And the players were also able to give good banter and we always used to give them some stick as well. So, you know, and it was all in good fun, you know. No one took it in a, a malicious way or anything like that. Yeah, no, totally. And it's interesting. Whenever I speak to the ex-players, they they reciprocate those views. Like, they all say, you know, I remember Jeff Chapman saying just how magical the club was. And that wasn't just the camaraderie between the players, but just as, you, as you've all just both mentioned, the closeness with supporters, yeah. how they, they felt they could just go in the bar, win, lose or draw, and they're not going to get abused or anything and you know if if you won brilliant if they lost bad luck we'll win again we'll win next week definitely right i'm now going to ask you to individually name your favorite 11s and and I want a reason why behind each selection. I'll let you go, go first. first. Right, okay, Dave, go, go with you first. What right. uh, have we got a formation to start with, or um, uh, probably no, it's difficult to do a formation because mine come from different eras. But um, right. um, as long as there's eleven players, you can have. There's anything. definitely eleven players. Right, <laughs> uh, goalkeeper Kevin Mitchell. Okay, why Kevin? Six hundred appearances. Yeah. Always willing for a chat. Still comes back to the club now, and he'll chat to you then. Just a great bloke. Yep, definitely concur with that. Right back, John Mitchell. Eighties with John. How good was John? John was for for me by far the best right back we ever had. Yeah, left backs. We've had some good left backs. Um, right back. Don't think anybody was better than John. And yeah, he scored yeah. a lot of goals as well for a fullback, and just a, just a good player. And I've got, um, I've, I've actually changed my left back from two thousand and five. I had Brian Thackeray, who uh, who played in the sixties. Yeah, played for us. Uh, it was quite. He would equally play right back or left back. Uh, went to Chesham and played in the sixty seven, sixty eight, and was a cup final at Wembley against Leytonstone. And they lost 1-0. So you got runners-up medal, runners-up yeah. uh, amateur cup medal. But I have changed that since then. Oh. and brought in Ryan Parsons yeah. simply because I've really watched Ryan grow as a player over the years because he came to us, I think, from Wickham. Yep. Team. I think we saw, the be- we saw the best of him in his second spell with us after he'd been to Maidenhead. He came back to Maidenhead, played for us. Then when the budget was pulled, he went to Bracknell. Yeah. Um, I just watched him right the way through, really. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, two centre-backs, Bob King, solid yeah. as anything. Yeah. Um, nothing would get past him. Five is my favourite Windsor player, Mark Woods. Just an absolute quality bloke and a quality player. Simple as that. I never missed a penalty. As far as I can remember, best penalty taker. Best penalty taker. He may have missed one at some time. I meant to ask him that when we all met up. No, he didn't. Uh, Never miss one at Windsor. No, I can't remember ever missing one. 
Um, six is Trevor Barron, RIP. Yeah. Just another player who could play centre-half, midfield, could play up front if necessary. Just an all-round good player. Uh, next, Dave Carroll. Dave yep. Carroll, I think, is one of the, the best footballers we ever had at Stag Meadow. Yeah. I know, we know he spent a lot of time at Wickham. Uh, but he moved to Wickham from Ryslip, I think, and was at Wickham for a very long time. Uh, and I think I've mentioned to you before that people will come over on Tuesday night from another club just to watch Dave Carroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that good. Um, then my two strikers, I've got Steve Butler, that's Steve Ginger Butler, from uh, who was the Army player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he went on for a... Uh, went to Wokenham from us, I think, and then went on to have a professional career, certainly with Gillingham. Yep. And one or two other clubs. Um, Richard Evans. Yeah. I know, I know you've spoken to. Yeah. Be my number nine. Again, could equally play centre half or centre forward and just had a presence. And again, was a really nice bloke. In fact, all these blokes are nice blokes. Um, <laughs> Number 10, the legendary Chris Yates. Yeah. Had to be in there, didn't he? Um, could have definitely been a pro, I think. Uh, and I think I put in here, the word legend is thrown around quite a lot, but he was he, he was um, a real quality player. He scored the best goal I've ever seen at Stag Meadow, which was uh, he, he lobbed Frank Parsons of Wokenham from the edge of the penalty area. I think Frank Parsons was about six foot six. And one of the Wokingham players, George Torrance, stood on the halfway line and applauded. <laughs> That's how good it was. And number 11 is Chris Bristow, my first hero at Stag Meadow. Uh, just if the best way I can describe Chris Bristow is the sort of George Best of Windsor and Eden. He would take players on, go past players without even thinking about it, and scored a lot of goals. Uh, that's that's my eleven. That is one hell of eleven, Dave. That's it's a very good team. Eleven, eleven. That and the, the, I, and I've got on my subs bench people like Trevor Bunting, Colin Smith, Ross McCullough, Michael Banton, and Dennis Green. So that just shows you how good that eleven is. I'm loving the fact that you've packed those substitutes with forwards. Yeah, you're an attack-minded coach, there, Dave. There, well, there's a there's a centre half in Colin Smith and a midfielder in Ross McCullough. The other, the other two are forwards. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Got to be it. positive, haven't it? Very much so. Very much so. Okay, Paul, where are we going? What what formation? I'm going four four two. Okay, nice. Led good traditional. Um, I've got Kevin Mitchell in goal. Same same reasons as Dad. It's, he's good goalkeeper. Played six hundred games. Lovely to chat to. Always got time for you. You know, answer any questions, anything like that. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, my left back is um, well. Everybody knows uh, Ryan Parsons is my been my favourite Windsor and Eton player ever. Uh, I just think he's class. He was a class player. He's a really good guy off the pitch. Um, I'm always joking about him with that goal at Newport Isle of Wight that he said he had a shot with but didn't really. So although he went around off celebrating like he like won the World Cup or something, but um, no, that was quite. Quite funny, but yeah, he was brilliant. Um, my central defenders, I've got Woodsy. He's, you know, 
what needs to be said about him. He's just class. He was just class. Um, I've also got Michael Barnes in there. He yeah. was. He's a tough guy. You know, he was hard to play against. You know, yeah. he won everything in the air. I mean, he was. He was a good, solid player. My right back, I've got Tilbs. I tell you what, I love Tilbs. This just because I, I want him in my side because I just want to watch him play because he is hard. He's an hard guy. And there was just people on the floor. No one was getting past him. And if they did get past him, they still end up on the floor. He's he's your diehard player. He will do anything for you. So that's why he's on my side. Left wing, I've got Frilly. Yep. The, the Frilly step over. Um, another guy who's really a uh, really nice person to talk to. Um, and he was just, he was just quick, skillful. He's just a, just a good player. Um, I've got seeds in midfield because he he's another one. He's a hard, hard guy to get past. Um, you know, he put his blood and soul into everything. And also, he, he's really skillful guy, Seeds. You know, he really could take people on and get round people. Um, and then I've got Dave Carroll. Yep. Obvious reasons. Same as Dad, really. Um, and then on the right wing, I've got Michael Murphy, which is a bit of a controversial one. But I got on really well with Michael Murphy. He chatted to me. He, he has great stories. He was also a really good player. I really enjoyed watching him. Another one skillful. And then up front, I've got Gillian Evans. Because like you said in the podcast with those guys, they were the last like duo partnership. partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just amazing to watch. Those two guys knew each other inside out, knew where they were, what they were doing, and they were just amazing. Uh, but I wasn't as uh, prepared as Dad. I don't have any subs, so <laughs> <laughs> so I apologise. Right, I am going to throw you a boomerang question, though, which I didn't prepare you for. Uh, who who's who's managing that eleven for you? Oh, Alf. Yeah, yeah. There's no one else. Alf Cool. No. Why yeah, Alf? Why Alf? Because you know he he was a good coach. He was hard but fair, and you could see it when he was standing out at match day. You could see the clocks, you know, the cogs um, ticking round, and you could see that he was thinking about what to say in the second half. You could tell he was calculating everything, watching what everyone was doing, and you knew that the players were respectful of him. I was going to just say that's the yeah. most important thing. You yeah. See. You speak to any of the players of that of his era and they all respected him. Nobody had a bad word for him. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 100% agree with that. And, you know, I, one thing I always remember from Alf, and I was only a kid, obviously, when <clears throat> Alf was in charge, but I always remember him telling me that um, he would speak to you all day long but just don't come up and speak to him from between two o'clock on a Saturday and three o'clock. He said he will, and he just openly said that he would blank you. And he says, I'm not being rude. It's just from that. I am so tunnel vision about the game. You could walk past me and I, I wouldn't even see you on that tunnel vision from one o'clock to two o'clock. I'll be your best friend. I won't even acknowledge people. I just, it's, it was just a really interesting insight into how yeah. he, he approached yeah. his management. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's like the cogs were already working yeah. before he's even got on the pitch because he's thinking about what to tell the guys beforehand, exactly. what to tell them at half time, and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. But, 
Dave, what were, obviously, again, going back through the years, what was, who are some of the other managers? Like, cause we all know about, we know about in recent years, your Keith Scotts, your Dennis Greens, yeah. even Alfs, but kind of going back further. Um, some of the, what some I of the remember managers. most was a guy called John Graham. Yeah. He came in, I think, probably in the late, probably mid to late 60s. And he turned things around. He was a very, I can't remember where he came from, but he was a very good coach and a good manager. Um, and he moved on to a higher level. But he was there for a while and he, he got us playing some really good football. Can't really remember any managers from around the 70s, to be honest. <laughs> um, Phil Jarrett was managed, player manager for a while yeah. in the early to mid 70s. Um, then, of course, I think we moved on to the Brian Caterer era in the early 80s, didn't we? Yeah. 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 But not, not a lot from the early days, really. Okay, I'm going to move on and close with some quick-fire questions for you. Now, as I say on every podcast, and I know this because you do listen, uh, they're quick fire, but doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be totally easy questions. But actually, they're not too complicated, actually. So I'm going to start with you. The best goal, the best wins a goal that you've seen in your lifetime. Is that me? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this. Just and not you, the goal scorer. But... No, 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 no. Um, the, um, <laughs> I'm going to wind Dad up a bit because I went to Stevenage away and Dad didn't go. And that goal that Nelson scored was just unbelievable. All right, talk through that goal in case any of these listeners haven't, obviously weren't there, talk through that goal. It was pretty much stalemate through the whole game. And it was like five minutes from the end. And we were like, oh, God, this is terrible. Then Nelson picks up the ball in the midfield takes on four players and then just sticks it in the back of the net, like nonchalantly. And it was just ridiculous. And we were just like, we just stood there with open mouths. But it was an amazing goal. It was honestly a really great goal. And to put some further context to that, if I remember rightly, Stevenage hadn't lost a home game for about three years. They no, were, on that, were right. in that period of going through the league. <laughs> yeah, We were... I think even bottom of the league or we'd had a shocking season. And as you say, like a couple of five minutes from the end, I mean, they're fat and they had a good fan base there and they were just all in a combination of shock. <laughs> but also Dave, a bit like you mentioned about that Chris Yates goal. Yeah. They actually also were kind of shock angry, but actually I need to applaud that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it was just one it was just one of those goals. It was, you know, just one I never forget. I always talk about it. I never forget that goal. What about you, Dave? Is yeah, it a Chris Yates goal for me? Yeah. 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 Edge of edge of the edge of the penalty, corner of the penalty area, and just just lobbed the keeper. Great. And right. he scored some great goals, didn't he? I think that's the best one I saw. Yeah, I fantastic. think I think he even listed that as his best goal, if I remember yeah. right. You were too you were too shocked to applaud, applaud. You just stood there with your mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Dave, I'll come to you first on this one. Favorite away ground? 
Um, and why? I liked Lewis before before they had the big stand built at one end. I think you remember there's there's a huge stand at one end now, isn't there? Yeah. Before yeah. that went up, it was a really old fashioned looking ground with grass banks at the side, and you could sit up on the grass banks and look down on the dripping pan. Yeah. Um, and I also was actually substitute for Windsor and Eaton reserves there once. That's my claim to fame. Dave, I'm loving this. This is brand yeah. new information. What position? Uh, I didn't come on. <laughs> I yeah, knew what so. if you would have come on? If you would have come uh, on? Pro probably out front somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Brand new information. Uh, We've got a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like Wokingham Town, Finchhamster, the old Finchhamster Road ground. Yeah. So yeah. I used to live in Winnersh and I could walk there on a Tuesday night when we weren't playing. And uh, yeah, some nice people there as well. Nice. Paul, favourite ground? I always enjoyed going to Horsham and the Llama. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the ground, the ground, you know, the ground probably wasn't was amazing, it was, but yeah. it was a nice traditional ground. But their hospitality there and just the fact that they had a Llama walking around at half-time. We, we had a good relationship with Horsham over the years. And uh, for me, that just stuck with me. So that's the away ground I enjoyed going to the most. All right, the flip side, and I'll start with you, Paul. Yeah, the ground you hated going to. Ours is going to be the same. Actually, no, I'll pick one different. <laughs> right, Banstead, right? You could go there in the height of summer, right? And then you would come out blue at the end of the game, frozen. <laughs> I remember going there one summer and I had shorts and t shirt on, boiling hot, went into the ground, watched the game, and I was frozen. I was literally blue. It's like Ice Station Zebra there. It's a horrible ground to go to. I absolutely hated going there. Go on then, Dave. It's got to be Molesy for me. Oh, I think I just, I you're always saying this, yeah. I hate the ground. hate the clubhouse. Just not very welcoming people. On the occasions I've been there, anyway, it might be completely different now going back. I don't think you are. Well, quite a few years. I don't so, think it's changed. I don't yeah. think it's changed. Just didn't like it at all. All right. I know that you guys both love your programmes. What's the best away team programme? For me, it was Wickham's programme when they were in the conference. Uh, that set yeah. of programmes was excellent. Wickham was good. Um, Wickham was definitely an excellent away programme. Horsham always did a good programme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Whitton Town, Whitton Town did quite a decent one, if I remember rightly. Yeah, because they change over the years, don't they? Yeah. I remember Lewis in the sixties was a folded sheet of paper. In the eighties, it was another again a very good program. Been a lot over the years. The favourite one, probably Horsham, I would think. This question is probably more Paul, but Dave, you are more than welcome to answer it. Uh, Favourite terrace chant? It's got to be the Tilb song, isn't it? <laughs> We've got Dave Tilbury, we're paying your house for free. I mean, that that is, you know, got to hand it to Sid. That was just absolutely, God rest his soul. That was just a classic song. You can't beat it. It's also been in a book of, like, mainly uh, league chants, and it managed yeah. to get into the book. 
This is it is the best chant. Best chance. I like I like the Selena's Road song as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that is a great yeah. song. Yeah. All right. Final question. And I know how subjective this one can be. Favorite kit. <laughs> Favorite kit. Favorite kit. Oh my god. That is a good one. The thing is, I <laughs> are we talking home and away or both? It, both, either, either. Um, you there's, there's, it's a bit difficult for me because there's three, right? I'll tell you why. The Rationale de Kuka one because it was the first replica kit we had. Yeah, it with wasn't a white special. Stripe. It was just red and green cuffs with the Rationale de Kuka in white across the front of it. Um, I quite like the is it the Alexander Devine one. The red That's Windsor FC, blue. doesn't count. That's oh, Windsor FC. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. My bad. My bad. Um, and the, 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 the royal blue one with the black and white V. Do you remember that one? It was like yep. a lighter blue. Yeah. That is enough. That, that was a stunning kit. Yes, I like that blue kit. I've still got that shirt. Yeah. That it's... was uh, from the early 2000s, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's early 2000s. Right. Yeah. So, um, the I think in the sixties we had either red and green halves or red and green quarters, and that was that was quite a nice kit. Wasn't there uh, a white kit with a red and green a, band? We, we had a white kit that had a red and green band round it, and one of the ladies supporters said it looked like someone who was selling ice creams. <laughs> which is a bit insulting, but but that was a kit designed by one of the fans. Ah, it wasn't Alexander Devine, was it Lakes? Yeah, TV people, yeah, yeah. That's the one, that's Lakes. the kit, oh sorry, that, I apologise, that yeah. was the kit. Yeah. So it was blue and red, blue with red shoulders, with yellow Lakes on yeah. the away kit, and in the home kit it was red with green shoulders, and it had the, I think it was like a green Lakes on it. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking of, not the Alexander Devine one, so I apologise for that. But, <laughs> right. yeah, that you, managed Lakes... dig, you managed to dig yourself out. That's yeah, good. sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was that Lakes kit that I was thinking of. Yeah, definitely. They, they were good. Guys, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed that. Absolutely pleasure, loved it. Yeah, pleasure, mate. And, and you're doing a great job, so I appreciate that. And uh, congratulations on your award. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, one. which yeah. I've now received. So that's all, yeah, that's all good. Listen to, to everyone who downloaded thank you very much um and i look forward to bringing you a new guest in a few weeks time